What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Byler Bomb Show, episode one. Today's feature is Ray McIntyre, volunteer assistant at the University of San Diego. Before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to Major League University and everything we are doing over there. Major League University is an online baseball platform developing the mental side of the game for these youth athletes, guys. We're working all the way from the youth ages up to college and professional levels. We want to instill that peak performance in these athletes and really give them a tool that they can use, not only in baseball, but in life, something that they can take everywhere with them. Because as you know, the mental side of life is so important and we need tools and and a toolkit to really help us develop as people in this world. So we just want to really help that next generation of ball players and, and help you guys reach your peak performance and your maximum potential. And without further ado, our guest today, Ray McIntyre, volunteer assistant at the University of San Diego. In five years of coaching now, Ray McIntyre posts a record of 193 and 109. That is under two teams at the University of Nevada in which I played for personally, and I can attest to his work ethic as a man and as a coach. It's unbelievable and and unparalleled to anyone I've ever seen. In the last three years, he's been at the University of Arizona, where in his first year, they made it to the College World Series championship, and and we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but they made it to the championship game, guys. Stay tuned for that. It's an amazing talk, something that a lot of you athletes, coaches, parents can take with you into life. And then now Ray's over here at the University of San Diego, and, and the University of San Diego is a beautiful complex, a beautiful place to play and coach under a great head coach, Rich Hill, who's had a lot of success at that university in his career. I just look forward to bringing you some knowledge today and, and some mental side of the game through Ray McIntyre and, and provide his value for you guys. So I hope you enjoy, and let's have a good time. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Byler Bombs Show. Our special guest today, very first podcast ever recorded, Ray McIntyre. Welcome, Ray. What's going on, B? Welcome. How you doing, man? Assistant coach over at uh, University of San Diego, former teammate of mine for a couple years, and then coached me at Nevada for the last two. We had a lot of success when I was there with Ray. Moved on to the University of Arizona under Jay Johnson. Dave Vaughn, Mark Wanaka, shout out to the staff, some of the greatest human beings on this earth. Ray Mack, you are one of them. Michael Bradshaw, I can't leave you out. Um, and then now he's over here at University of San Diego under Coach Rich Hill, and, and he's, he's here in San Diego's first year, and you're going to be coaching first base, correct? Yeah, I'm going to be coaching first, man. He's over here, guys. I'm going to let him kind of take off, tell his story, but Ray, introduce yourself to everybody, kind of tell him kind of your background and, and what led you to be a, a college coach now and, and in pursuit of a head coaching job in the, in my opinion, near future. Yeah, so uh, born and raised in Winters, California, a super small town outside of Davis uh, from Northern California, 7,000 people, one stoplight, two stoplights now. Uh, played under Coach Jeff Ingles, a uh, very old school coach, uh, extremely uh, successful coach though. Uh, did a great job with developing me as a player and a person. Um, got me a lot tougher than I was, for sure. Uh, guys that come out of that program are always tough. Uh, it's it's kind of been proven, and uh, for small towns, that's 
you know, as many championships as you could see on a, a fence. It's crazy. But from there, uh, Coach Gary Powers gave me an opportunity at the University of Nevada. I uh, can't thank him enough. He saw me my sophomore year. I was playing in a tournament in Carson City, you know, just outside uh, uh, Carson Marino. City. And uh, I was a sophomore, uh, probably 5'8", same height I am now, but a buck 50, you know, scrawny little guy playing shortstop. Um, actually played the tournament all my life, you know, playing at 18U. Um, came out of my shoes on a couple balls that might have hit the track, you know, or whatnot. But uh, played a really sound shortstop, and he liked me, said stay in touch. Um, basically, the time came to it. Uh, senior year, didn't have any other offers on the table. Uh, I knew some JC coaches had reached out, but I didn't know if that was the route I wanted to go. Uh, and Coach Powers said, hey, we don't have any money, but we're going to give you an opportunity. I uh, can't guarantee a roster spot. Uh, and he said, you know what, just come on out. Uh, we'll see what you can do. Uh, ended up, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for spots. Guys are getting dropped left and right uh, from that team. Uh, and we, it comes down. I started catching bullpens to kind of help out. Uh, get some ad value because defensively was kind of what I had, but the bat was not ready yet. Uh, and then we get to, you know, February, that first week, I'm still hanging around, still hanging around, and uh, he comes up to me and, and calls me in his office and says, you know, you didn't make it. You know, you're the 36th guy on the team of 35, and it is what it is. You, got, you can't, we can't keep them all. Uh, we love who you are as a person. We'd love to keep you around as a red shirt. Uh, we can't necessarily... Uh, continue to practice with you and, and do all that. You're going to have to be on your own a little bit more, but uh, if you want to be a part of the team, we can make that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, give you another shot next year. So uh, have a good year. Uh, team does well. I'm kind of the support staff, just hanging out. Uh, all my boys are going out on the road trips. It's hard to watch. Uh, and then, you know, I'm just getting that opportunity that next fall. Yeah. Stoked for it, man. Like, and that's when you came around, right? Yeah, I was I was in uniform there first year. Yeah, that was the best, man. That was the best. So I, so I'm five eight. I see this six foot guy roll in. That's supposed to be taking over at third. Where I'm I'm trying to moonlight as the third baseman, and he's he's ripping balls out of the yard. The first couple of practices that I knew, I better learn how to play second. You know, pretty quick. But uh, anyways. Uh, same deal that year, a uh, lot of great players on the team, and, and I had to work hard to just hang around, and uh, comes down to that first week in January, or second week in January, and he calls me into his office again and says, hey, we still don't know, there's a couple guys on the table, uh, it's between you and two or three others, we've given them the same story, you need to work your butt off these last few weeks to prove that you need to make the team. Uh Lucky enough, I had that same conversation 365 days after he told me I didn't make it the first time, and he calls me in again and, and tosses me a helmet and says, all right, man, you're 35. Wow. You know, you know, one spot on there. So um, I can't thank him enough. Uh, that guy is, has really shaped my career and given me the, given me the jump start. It wasn't until uh, probably the end of that season, knowing physically I wasn't a big leaguer, I wasn't a guy that was a draft prospect. Uh, but I loved the game so much that I had an opportunity to, uh, you know, impact life. Uh, and, and at that time, as a college student, my sophomore year, I started trying to figure out what my major was. Uh, I started as a bio major and did terrible in my first two bio classes, so I knew those were off the table. 
Uh, and so I shifted to human development and family studies, which was, uh, I think, the, as a student, as a person, uh, as somebody eager to get their college degree, I think that was the best uh, move for me. You yeah. Know? Uh, it was great. I loved the classes. I got a chance to, you know, work with youth. And, and between that and baseball, I thought, if I can stay in this game long enough and uh, hopefully reach out to, you know, people my age going through the same things that I was going through, um, you know, this is something that I could see myself doing for a long time. Uh, that's kind of my first glimpse. Uh, and then we go out over those couple years, have a couple good years, and um, Coach Powers retires after 900 wins, which is ridiculous as a Unbelievable coach. accomplishment, man. It's Shout crazy, out to man. Coach Powers. That was amazing. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So he... Re- he retires, uh, and then we're kind of left in, in the dark a little bit as players. And, uh, you know, I had, had I had one more year eligibility. I had one semester left of college, uh, and I'm just thinking, what am I going to do? Who's the new coach? What What's the next move for me? Uh, and you actually hooked me up with a spot with the Medford Rogues, which is yeah, which is awesome. How about that? So you played. Uh, where did you play? So I was in Klamath Falls, Oregon. My freshman summer. West Coast. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, West Coast League, about as far south in Oregon that you can go. Um, a lot like Northern California, but, but yeah, yeah, great staff there, and, and I'm glad that you guys could connect. Yeah, Josh Hogan, Jeff Lyle, um, Aaron Nielsen. One of, legend. One of the Hall of Famers. Our ninja. Uh, I promise you, if you get a chance to meet this man one day, he... Uh, and this isn't meant to be a plug of any kind. Harmony Bats is where he's uh, kind of spearheading some things. But he's uh, a guy that really impacted me as a person, uh, not just a coach. So uh, I want to thank him too. But And I think before you continue, Ray, I think we can both relate in that aspect. He changed a lot of lives that year. Oh, no doubt. And, and at the same time, we basically both came to this side of the game that, that he brought on to us, that mental side of the game. <laughs> We got the cat rolling around. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, it's we, an old school podcast. <laughs> We're rolling around. I love it. I have so a great cat continue. just walking on his computer right now. This is my apologies. <laughs> if we can get back to the podcast, we're talking. Uh, I'm out in Medford, uh, and I get that last summer. I'm playing well, and, and over that summer, Coach Jay Johnson, uh, he was the assistant coach at uh, USD for eight years, uh, a dominant recruiting guy, an outstanding offensive coach. Uh, that led the, them to a couple postseason appearances in the uh, WCC championships. Uh, Coach Chris Bryant, you know, got the whole the whole deal. You know, had the players uh, and proven himself and got an opportunity to coach in Nevada. And, um, I had reached out to Coach Powers at that time and said, "Look, I know I'm not going to really be playing past this point. Even if I do participate on the team, I'm not going to be, you know, itching to play pro ball." Uh, but I do want to coach. That's, you know, what I'm set on. And uh, I, I'd love for you to uh, reach out to whoever gets hired, you know, and just tell them that this is what I want to do. I'd love to stay on as a manager or a grad assistant or whatever it is, whatever I need to do to get the foot in the door uh, and learn from the new staff. Because yeah. while Coach Powers and, and you know, I mean, you could go down the line of his assistants that helped me get to where I am. Uh, Coach Fadenhauer, Buddy Goldsmith, uh, Stan Stolte. I mean, there's a million of them. Some great coaches in there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I said if, if they could give me one shot, it would be to learn from a new staff and get a chance to actually do this on my own. 
And uh, so they let me stay on. I was the under, undergrad assistant. Uh, and then grad assistant that following semester, that first year, uh, your junior year, I think. And then uh, the following uh, season, I was the uh, assistant director of operations, I believe. Uh, and then uh, Mark Curtanian, uh he was our recruiting guy. He ended up getting a job at FIU midseason. Uh, and then I hopped on uh, there uh, as the volunteer. They just kind of bumped me up. They said it was midseason. They didn't want to bring somebody in from the outside. So uh, crazy circumstances led me to my first uh, coaching gig, I guess, as the first base coach. Yeah. Definitely. Coaching you, coaching alongside yeah, guys with, uh, I was playing with. Responsibility, I'd say. Crazy, know? right? <laughs> Crazy. I'm trying to get guys not picked off. You, for sure, not picked <laughs> off. I'm a uh, decent base First runner. base. You, you are a larger human being that isn't known to be the quickest, but... <laughs> the feet move when they want to move, you know? You might need some Latin music to get me moving, but... Yeah, I love it. So, so Ray, you took this leap of faith, and there's so many things I want to ask you now. I originally told you it was going to be 30 minutes or so, but I could probably see you for like three hours. Yeah, we can break uh, it down as long as but, you want. Man. We're going to be here. So. But the deal is, is for those of you who don't know Ray, he's a grinder, man. He's the epitome of somebody who goes after what he wants and will sleep at the field, literally. <laughs> and the dude lives at the field, and, and he's a baseball junkie. He's a guy you want to be around because he's going to make you better as a player and as a person. I mean, just being around here at USD, I didn't know what to expect. Um, new coaching staff, uh, new new environment, and, and he just brings his energy everywhere he goes, from Nevada to Arizona to now University of San Diego, and it's phenomenal to see that because the, the growth of somebody who can who can maintain that persistence is awesome. So you take this leap of faith. And now you're in a great position now. So, so kind of talk to guys about how you stay mentally tough through that situation because you were told that you were not going to be a collegiate baseball player. <laughs> you know, like that your dream was over. And that yeah. time is going to come for, for everybody, whether it's tomorrow or in 10 years. Yeah. And it's a tough time to deal with, especially in a young athlete's life. So how did you sustain that mental toughness through that? And how are you using that to impact the guys that you're playing with now or coaching it's it's hard to call it mental toughness when it was more of like at the time for me it just felt like what i was going through you know like yeah yeah you never feel mentally tough in the moment it's just kind of a reactionary thing and i think that's where people get it confused you can't fake the mental toughness side of, of baseball it just it comes at you you react uh and and you know it comes with a lot of things in life too so it's not just that. I'm not saying I'm mentally stronger than anybody. But uh, for that situation, I, I kind of just put it into perspective of what am I trying to prioritize. I knew um, I loved baseball at the time. I love baseball to this day. I'll never not love baseball. But I also knew that I wanted a four-year degree. I wanted to be at a four-year college that I felt comfortable being at, um, that I was happy at. Um, I was a year in. I'd been with this team uh, you know, I'd been at a school that I felt, you know, I was excited about being at, you know, it was close enough to home. And so, yeah, I had two options really like, okay, do I, do I look at this as, oh, I'm probably never going to play here. Uh, you know, I, I not, I'm paying for school. It's, there's yeah. no scholarship involved. Uh, do I want, do I feel happy enough to go to the school as a student? 
would I be happy? Wow. And, or do I want to take the JC route, which there's no shame in that. There's many, many players that have gone that route, and uh, we encourage it a lot of time for guys that aren't ready, you know? Definitely. So it's either I, I go to a JC and feel like I'm going to play a little bit more, maybe get a different experience and bounce to another school, or I stick it out and maybe get the opportunity to play or maybe not and, and see what happens. And so I, I felt more along the lines of, look, I get it. I'm being given another shot, and I can either go whether I felt I was going 100% or not the first year, I got a chance to go 100% my sophomore year. Yeah. And whether it made an impression or, uh, you know, the coaches felt that I was going to be enough of an impact on or off the field, I, I don't know. I wasn't in the meetings. But I know that they gave me a shot, and, and there's that's something I'll never – able to repay to those guys you know yeah definitely man and, and that just goes to show how you can add value in so many different ways i mean on the field off the field pushing your teammates to get better you've got like ray mac man he's, he's out there working all day long like he's the starting shortstop of lsu man like he's on the field all day and <laughs> It makes you better as a teammate because you're pushing your guys to work harder to to go for their dreams, you know, to, to, to continue to chase that, that goal of excellence and, and be the best player you can become. So that's incredible, man. I love that out of you. <laughs> really <laughs> Thanks, do. Man. Thanks, dude. I, like I said, like this is I, – I, I hate I, – I enjoy telling the story because I'm proud of it, but I, I don't want this to be an embellishment in any way because – it's just a part of my life. Um, there's things to learn from it, but it's not something to brag about at the same time. Like, yeah, it's a learning. It is a learning process, learning curve, and and I, it's gotten me to where I am today. And and you know, you are what the sum of your parts, right? So, yeah, you've you've taken this this path and and really just kind of kind of taken it by the horns, man. Like, you worked so hard for that, and. and and to go through something like that to help mold you into the person you become and, and now use it to impact other athletes and, and the youth ball players that you're coaching, it's awesome to see. So so obviously big aspirations for you, Ray. We're gonna we're kinda switch gears here. Yeah. And, and yeah. let's go into the coaching side of things, man. So so you've been under some amazing coaching staffs, coaches, like we said, Coach Powers, nine hundred wins, Jay Johnson, phenomenal human being. Yeah. Um, future Hall of Fame. The best. So, so you've had the the ability to be around success a lot. Every staff that you've been on that I can think of has had a one a winning record, two gone to the postseason just about every time. And the fact that your first year at Arizona, you went from Nevada to Arizona to be a coach, and you guys go to the College World Series. So kind of take us through that route, kind of through that season experience in Omaha man everybody dreams of that as a kid yeah. I, we were there um, at some tournaments before they still have that same tournaments running you're there <laughs> yep. as a 12 year old kid in the bleachers hoping you catch a home run so take us through that experience being at TD Ameritrade and, and on that stage well well first of all those successful teams let's not get this wrong we're all you know for the most part spearheaded by Jay Jay Coach Johnson and uh, that guy has taught me more about the game and, and I think even more so open my eyes to the fact that 
building a culture isn't isn't just an overnight thing. It's something that you have to believe, oh. that you have to live day in and day out. Uh, yes. He likes to say that culture is uh, a word that's thrown around too much, and I <laughs> I would agree. But the lifeblood or what your team believes or truly believes at its core is going to breed its actions. And that goes from how they attack ground balls to how they approach their day off to how much sleep they have. So for a guy that <clears throat> like a guy that knows more about baseball than anybody I've ever met combined with that ability to shape 35 young men into, you know, athletes that want it more than anything. And you know, that's where the success is. Not easy from, to do. Right. So that's what, those were the successful teams I was on. But as far as the TD Ameritrade experience, uh, there is no description that can can give you the feeling. It's it's unbelievable because you know at, at the pinnacle, at my pinnacle, at me for a, an average Joe, you know, average Joes can play college baseball if they work hard enough. You know, absolutely, they can do it and. So the best of the best, the pinnacle, the top peak of average Joes or normal everyday people for me is the College World Series. You know, TD Ameritrade now, uh, Rosenblatt before. That was, that was the stuff of lore, right? Yeah, So definitely. we have this unbelievable miracle run. And we go to Louisiana Lafayette, which is... If you've ever been there, is as much on top of you, fan base, wow. The bayou, man. That's the dirty south. I'm telling you, these people are so awesome. Like, they would crush you as as a baseball player. Yeah. And and what you have on your bio and who you're dating and how many (laughs) errors you made last season. They'll let you know. But you beat them, and then they'll ask you if you want food in the parking lot. They're out there grinding out crawdads. The only school Crazy, in the country bro. that cooks for the opposing team. It's unbelievable. I just found that out. It's unbelievable. They they hook it Incredible. up, and it's unbelievable food. I'm not gonna lie. It, I went, I didn't feel like I would ever be a gumbo shrimp gumbo guy, but yeah. they had some crawfish that were ridiculous, right? Uh, so we go out there, we play, we come from behind, we we beat uh, Louisiana Lafayette and Coach Robichaux. Um, their last two games, you know, to eliminate them at home. Uh, we go to uh, Mississippi State, which we actually didn't even go home. We just took a bus straight up. We're watching wow. the other the other regional games. This is the best part. Is we finished it the earlier day, so yeah. the next day we're driving and we get to watch day two games, right? So the the playing games for day two. We're watching Bandy and all these other teams. Uh, we get up, we play Mississippi State, we play a uh, a heck of a game one uh, that Nathan Bannister throws. Any? Uh, I think, I believe Banny threw game one, an unbelievable game. Uh, we have Bobby, Bobby Dahlbeck come back for game two. Uh, he goes, I don't know how many pitches, but comes back after a, a crazy power outage out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and he... He basically, you know, saves the team. Cesar Salazar uh, hits a go-ahead uh, game winner, walk-off ground ball into right field uh, to win the thing, and sends to Omaha. And, um, 
I think from that moment forward, uh, it was for me, it was all about taking it all in. Like, I knew that this was something that I may never experience again in my life. Is that we, we sealed it to go to Omaha, and then from there on out, it was icing on the cake. Yeah. The goal always stayed the same. Win the day. There was, there was no... Uh, Coach Pat Casey put it extremely well um, when he was talking at the ABCA this year. He said, the postseason is the reward. Like, there's no more pressure when you wow. get there. Like, you get to play so carefree because you work so hard in the season and every game is RPI this and, um, you know, standings and, gosh, we got to make the, the tournament and we got to win the tournament to get in. And what does Selection Monday look like? It's crazy, right? So well, once you get to that, postseason like there was so much less stress for us and we felt like we could play from behind and that's exactly why uh, you know you get in the elimination games and you know it's all or nothing like we're we're yeah. going after it so do or dies yeah no so crazy crazy month uh, you know between uh, I believe we're at Hawaii the last weekend of the year uh, we didn't go home in between the regional and super regional we were home for a day, and then we we had gone the distance in Omaha. You know, we're playing for game three, uh, tiebreaker game. Uh, they got postponed another day. So uh, we were on the road for like 35 out of 38 days. It was crazy. Wow. Like, dudes are running on fumes. But at the same time, you're living this ultra reality. Like, you're never going to experience this again. So, you know, to talk about... You know, even you, you go in and you practice and you get that day of practice and there's fans just watching you practice and you sit down and you sign autographs for a half hour. and um, Like you get to interact with these people and, and it wasn't necessarily the games for me because the games in themselves are games and, and there were no fans for us. Like we, like we didn't, there was, there was a massive support. I, I don't mean that. I mean, we just saw the field. Yeah, we, we don't see that you don't yeah you don't so see focused it. it's crazy but <clears throat> it's the fun you get to have because the tournament's broken up you only play every other day like you don't play every day like it is in a, a regional or a regular weekend so you get a practice day in there and then you have the rest of the day to yourself or to to go experience the college world series so you're walking around at these vendors that have all of your gear and all these other teams gear and all these fans wearing your gear and Wow. Uh, you get to walk in and watch other teams playing in this 27,000 person stadium that you'll net, you may never play in again, you know, like yeah. there was a point, um, uh, it was the night of the game, game three, uh, we had had, uh, against Coastal Carolina for the championship. That was the night that ended up getting rain delayed for the, for the next game. Uh, we're sitting, taking BP. And as the ops guy, I couldn't do much for BP, so I'm just hanging out in the outfield, just <laughs> literally taking in the stadium, right? Yeah. And you have the fans sitting out there, and, and we're going, okay, this is the last game of the year. Like, let's give away baseballs. Like, let's just give them all away. By the, I swear, <laughs> the guy on the bucket was being called every, like, 12 throws at the end of it because <laughs> Coach Brown was not – he had no balls left. The basket was empty. We were Word, just tossing yeah. them out. To all these kids and stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, I first I have this girl yelling at me. It's you know some high school girl, and 
she wants a ball so bad. And I was like, well, I want an icy. <laughs> you know, I'd love an icy. Classic Raymond. And I was, I was joking when I had said, hey, I'd love an icy right now. She's like, what kind do you want? She's like, look, oh, man. blue would be sweet, but, you know, balls are balls, and I'm going to throw them in the stands anyways. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I turn around, this girl is dead sprint up the stairs. No way. I couldn't believe it. She just <laughs> drops me an icy. And so we're just, you know, we're tossing balls that's to all amazing. their friends going, like, you didn't need to get us an icy. But that's how, like, bought in these fans are, how different the experiences is. Uh, you're in this stadium full of all these people that, yeah, you have your group of 500 real true family and friends and people that made that trip out to Omaha. But then there's, what, 25,000 other people there just watching baseball. So it's, a, it's an experience that if you, if you get a chance, if you're a sports fan, uh, you know, I've never, I've never been to the Super Bowl. I've never been to the World Series. I've seen one playoff MLB game in my life. But, uh, you know, if you get a chance to make it out to Omaha just to see it, uh, experience it, uh, luckily, they run that tournament in conjunction with it, um, which is so awesome for the game. Like, it just grows yeah. the game every year because kids fall in love with it. You know, you know you're playing catch with kids sitting in the stands. Um, it, it's something that if you get a chance, like, you got to go see it. it it's Absolutely. Just an incredible moment for you as a, as a coach and, and to be a part of something so special like that. And to me, it really... It really reminds me of, of how special the grind is, and and, yeah. and a coach Shelly Duncan, the kind of a mutual friend of ours yeah. as well, um, said, "Embrace the suck." Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what it meant at the time. And it's like, honestly, if you embrace the suck, like it's hard to go through something like this. It's hard to grind out a season, thirty-five out of thirty-eight games on the road yeah. in a in a Pac-12 conference that is loaded with guys, just professional talent, like major league prospects, and I'm talking the best of the best, man. So that's not an easy route to do, but it it reminds you that when you go through life and and maybe you experience some type of struggle in in your personal life or in your job or or in baseball, that you're not alone, man. And if you're grinding through that and you can push through those circumstances in your life, that there's always something special in the end. And, And for you guys, it was the College World Series, one of the most amazing events in the in the year, and I would say my favorite event. You know, I like yeah. it more than the World Series or the, or the Super Bowl or any of that stuff. So that's incredible, man, and and I'm super excited for you and 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 so happy for the guys that got to experience that moment. I appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, it's it's something that you're never even as much as I tried to take it in. I don't think I was able to fully experience it yeah. at the time until you look back like, and you know, it's, it's something that I'll never forget for sure. Absolutely. It was awesome. So Ray, I want to ask you at least one more, maybe two more questions. So yeah. this one I've been really meaning to ask, man, what, what is your, your dream as a head coach? Like what, what do you see yourself doing in the next 5, 10, 15 years as a, not only a coach, but what are the next steps to become a head coach and, and a dominant one? Because personally, I have not seen hardly anybody that I can compare your work ethic to as a coach as well as a player and a dude that just grinds and is there all day and learning the game, not just being there. He's present in the moment 
and, and he's aware of his surroundings. He asks questions, and he learns from these great coaches he's played for and coached with. So what are the next steps in becoming a head coach, man? Because me personally, I'm ready for you to, to man your ship, man. I, I think you need a big-time head coaching job, and I would love to be on the staff if that was possible. But but look, like, what are the next steps in becoming a head coach for you? Just tell the tell these guys kind of what it's about and, and what you need to do to get to that point. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've, I've rattled this question around a couple times, you know. It, it's hard when... When the best advice I've I've heard, you know, about this kind of profession was from uh, Coach Dave Lawn, uh, the pitching coach at Arizona, and he said, you know, just be as good as you can in what you're doing right now. Like, yeah, you yeah. want you want we know you want to be a head coach. We know you want to coach the hitters. We know all this stuff. Like, everybody wants to move up the ladder, you, you know. But if you you don't do that unless you're being as good as you can, so. Uh, I, do, I try not to look at it as much as, as I, I can. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, I want to be a head coach. I'd love to run my own program. I'd love to bring in guys like you, you know, who's already clearly vying for now, a spot you, on my staff. Would you hire me? If we went through an interview <laughs> process, would you put me through the, the floodgates? The ringer, buddy. And, and like a time. Nick Saban deal. deal, man. Like, where, where you better be the top level guy or you're not bringing me in you're gonna have to prove it yeah absolutely you know but okay. at, at the end of the day i know uh there's several guys that i know like you that have the work ethic that i whether you know the deal or not whether you've done the recruiting whether you've coached the hitting like you you have enough that i know you could figure it out you know yeah. like there's no doubt so yeah absolutely uh <laughs> i'll give you a call <laughs> but <laughs> but really man like I think to get to the next step, um, you know, I got to do, uh, we got to do a good job this year. Uh, we, we're trying to develop the hitters we have now. Um, we have, you know, the goal is the goal. We, we want to get to the postseason. We're going to do well in the postseason. Um, and that is what it is, but we don't get to the postseason without winning game one. So, so what's the point of looking past that? Yeah. Uh, so if we have a good season, you know, I'd love to come back here and be here as long as possible. I love USD. I think it's a, a great place to work. Uh, the community's awesome. The fans are awesome. The the school is unbelievable. Uh, the facilities oh, so are beautiful. Top notch on the West Coast. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say I would want to be anywhere else. But if I were given an opportunity to be a recruiting coordinator or be a uh, in a paid position, it'd be tough not to turn turn down or at least look at it you yeah. know so i think a recruiting coordinator as far as uh long-term goals uh, is probably the next position um and then from there would be applying to head coaching positions um i can't say whether i want to be a pac-12 or a sec or a acc or whatever coach you know like i just want to be very good wherever i'm at yeah you know i think um you know family is really important to me um, I think if I get an opportunity, uh, even if it's, you know, a smaller school, a D2 or some, somewhere where I know I can raise my family and I can um, be a head coach for a very long time uh, and allow my family to settle down in one place, I think that would be awesome, you know, ideally. Yeah. But uh, as a profession goes, as the game goes, as you know, we don't really get to choose that. So yeah. uh, for now, we're just going to uh, take it one day at a time, try and be – uh, really good this year, um, and even even before that, be really good tomorrow.
because uh, if we're not getting better, if we if we enter the season and we exit the season as good as we are, you know, equally good, then we didn't do our job as coaches. So, yeah, um, one day at a time. Absolutely, man. A constant improvement each day, getting one percent better, and and it's so true, and it sounds so simple, and maybe kind of cliche, and it's like, yeah, one percent, like. Okay, coach, but in all honesty, like if you get 1% better each day and after 10 days, that's 10%, after 20, 20, and as you know, it just keeps getting better and the, the being where your feet are. Yeah. And like you said, you can't look ahead to the moment, look ahead to a head coaching job because anybody in your position ultimately wants to be a head coach or right. else I don't know what you're doing there. Right. Because if you don't want to be a head coach at a Division One level, like then okay, you should probably get out of your occupation. Because you you need to be where your feet are, you need to be and have that vision. But at the same time, you've got to pay your dues and and you've got to work your way up that ladder and, and continue to learn from those who come before you and and pick their brains, see how they do things, see how they operate, and and take what you like, what you don't like, and and put it into your own perspective as a guy yeah. and as a coach and lead your own troop of warriors. Because ultimately, you're not just leading those baseball players like you said earlier. You're leading a group of men, and, yeah. and you're equipping them for life. With, with these tools to, to really manage their 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 day man, and, and their happiness so that's that's amazing so i'm excited for that <laughs> that moment yeah. uh, i can't wait to get there and then maybe i will get that call for uh these staff um so so ray tell these yeah. guys just uh, a little bit about kind of what your ultimate goal is as a head coach and as a hopefully predominant winning division one head coach um what is your ultimate goal and impact that you want to have on these players and, and individuals that come through your programs and come under you from, from not only just right now, but through your future? Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, whether we are at a, a you know, SEC school, Pac-12 school, name your power five, um, or we're at a division three or an NAI, you know, no matter where it is, um, I want our kids to get a degree. Like, it's it's hard to say and look at a family uh, and tell them that their kid's going to be an MLB player. You know, it just the the percentages aren't there to be consistently across the board looking families in the eye and say that kid's going to be playing for the Cardinals one day. Um, now I can tell them that the percentage of them that are going to be fathers or going to be uh, you know doctors or lawyers or you know working as a dentist or working in an office it doesn't matter what it is uh if i can make them uh confident successful young men at that uh at a high rate uh it's going to start with a degree uh and it's going to start with how they carry themselves so um yeah we we do our best you know and none of us are perfect but we do our best to teach our guys that uh you know there, there is a right way to, to walk up and shake somebody's hand and introduce yourself. There is a right way to uh, go about class. There is a right way to get up uh, on Fridays when nobody wants to get up and go lift weights. So yeah. uh, whether you like them or not in the moment, I was a guy that hated getting up at 5 a.m. to go to 6 a.m. weights. Uh, it's a lesson in itself. And uh, if we can get our guys to be successful young men, uh, you know, Baseball, baseball kind of helps with that, and the, the championships, you know, it, it's hit and miss. It's going to be year to year, but uh, I think you can't miss if you're you're making your your players better people.
Absolutely, man. You're, you're really just creating a better life for those around you. And, and something I've always liked to say, and I know a lot of us baseball players know, is that baseball teaches you a lot about life. I mean, you deal with failure, you deal with adversity. You've got to learn how to manage your mind and your peak performance every single day when you feel tired and sore and you've got an injury. And maybe that injury is more serious than you think or the trainer thinks. And and you've got to learn how to show up and give your A-plus 100% effort when you're feeling 55%. And, yeah. and you just got off a 14-hour bus ride from the middle of Illinois to the middle of freaking Ohio, wherever it is, and, and you're grinding, man, through that time. And to be able to reach your peak performance every single day is so tough. So you're really molding these guys to be great young men, like you said, and, and, and go into life equipped. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> no, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> it was uh, tough. There's, there's a there's something to be said about a man that makes it out of pro ball. It's it's a different life and uh, grind that I'll never know. But uh, yeah, no, these guys they work so hard, and um, really the only reason you know, yeah, the games and wins and baseball is fun. But the reason I do it is not because of that. It's because you see these guys put so much in that that little bit of success is worth it every single time. No doubt. Oh, definitely, man. And, and it's cool to see you have that impact on those around you. man. I, I watched you a little bit this <laughs> last weekend. And just to see, guys, how Ray interacts with, with human beings, man. He doesn't treat you like a piece of meat, man. Sometimes you feel as a baseball player or as a coach even that you're fed to the wolves. You know, you're clawing your way out, man. And it's just how things are sometimes. But... But honestly, you make those around you no matter where you are at, man. I've seen you at three different universities now, and you make people around you better. I've seen you in my household, man, with my brother and, and, and sisters, obviously, and, and you're just making them better people and, and challenging them in that competition. Marcus, he's fighting you over Mario Kart. You guys are, you guys are going to war. So to see that and just to see you put a smile on other people's faces, man, that's a win in its own. And you should be proud of that, man. I know, I know, Kathy and Dave are super proud of you. Joe Mack, shout out to him. Yeah, and they're they're loving it, and and I'm just super proud of you, Ray. I just want to say thank you for coming on this show, oh, man. man. It, it was thank an you. honor to have you on the very first podcast ever create <laughs> created, the Bother Bombs podcast. And I'm gonna start hashtagging this. I'm kind of fired <laughs> up now, but literally, man, I, I I love your work ethic. I love who you are as a person. Thank you. And I've seen it from day one. Like, this isn't just me seeing it from afar. I've been with you through the first parts of that. And so I've witnessed the work ethic you've put in and the hard just determination and the sweat equity every sweat single equity. day. Man, it's incredible. And I'm super proud of you, man. And, and I know those around you really appreciate it. So shout out to you, Ray McIntyre. Thank you. Volunteer assistant is the title, but I call him the real assistant, man. He's the man out there. He's making moves and he's helping these guys not only create a great life for themselves on the field, but off the field and impacting families' lives, man, and providing an opportunity for a, a college athlete to, to chase their dreams, man, and becoming a professional baseball player. And that's a special, a special thing and a special moment for these guys. And I bet it's just a great moment when you get to see these guys graduate, man, and they hold the diploma and, and they call you after. And, uh, man, I'm so excited just to – experience this moment with you and that's cool man so super excited to have you on the show man thank yeah, you man. ray thank you thank you so much excited to see what you guys got coming in the next couple weeks uh i'm really pumped on it so absolutely man we got that major league university helping you young athletes and even collegiate and and 
professional athletes reach that peak performance through the mental side of the game, man, really providing an online platform for you to reach out to some professional athletes and guys who have been through the grind and been through the tough times and, and found a way to persevere and, and, and become better people, man. So, so we're super excited about this. And, and Ray Mack, once again, shout out to you. I love you. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast and look forward to bringing you more from the Bother Bomb Show. Peace.